Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AMT Tech Trends Podcast, where we discuss the latest manufacturing technology, research, and news. Today's episode is sponsored by IMTS Plus. I am the director of Christmas, Benjamin Moses, and I'm here with technology analyst Stephen Lamarca. Steve, sir, well, welcome to the end of the year. It is it is the end. <laughs> How do you feel about today? I feel I feel great about yeah. today. Um, this this year has been awesome. Yep. You know it's it's been really great. I think we've got a lot of good things to reflect on today. We do. We're gonna talk on that talk on that a little bit later. Yeah. You want to talk about our oil analysis? Your oil analysis. Yeah. So speaking of great things this year, our last episode, right? Um, we you you hinted that I wanted to touch on or talk about uh, uh my recent oil analysis. Oh yeah, we talked Didn't about get to because we we started <laughs> ranting about other stuff and we got you know a little spicy and a little controversial. But especially towards the end. But anyway, I did an oil analysis recently, as I like to every 30,000 miles. Right. Um, I'm still waiting on the analysis. The results. Yeah, the results. Right. Yeah. But um, how does it look? Any chips? Is it uh, So the reason why I really want and I did it a little early and ahead of schedule was because this most recent 30,000 miles, um, I have I put. My first track day on the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I redlined the engine probably three times. <laughs> like, like actually bounced off of the rev limiter. Sure. And um, and I tried to I try to redline as often as possible. At least one. The oil and coolant is at temperature. Right. But I mean, you paid for the whole rev range. You paid for that big tachometer. You, may, you have use, to use the whole thing. Use it all. Um, and the other thing that I did. Uh, and I sound really abusive to the car, but I swear I take really good care of it. Um, the other thing that I feel really guilty and bad about, I did on in this past 30,000 miles to my baby, my car, um, two money shifts. What does that mean? That's when you come to redline. You're right. like, like you're just you're just ripping the motor. Yeah. And you go to grab another gear. Sure. And typically, like let's say you're in third gear, you're red, you're you're approaching red line in third gear. You go to shift in the fourth, but you accidentally shift in the second. <laughs> so here's that's, what happened. That's fun. By by some miracle that happened twice, wow. divine intervention is on my side. Sure, I did not blow the engine that, because yeah. as I was letting the clutch pedal out. Right. In the wrong gear. Right. I could feel the car lurch forward uh, instead. I, I felt gravity send the G forces send me forward instead of rearward. Yeah. So it's like something's wrong and immediately pushed it back in. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so good thing. And I also don't like dumping the clutch every time I shift. Sure. Um, Not out of smoothness, <laughs> just out of. Yeah, especially I guess it's like second nature that right. I don't dump. At least I don't dump the clutch if my hand did something that didn't quite feel right. And you kind of yeah, yeah. know when you go into the wrong gate. Right. Right. But you definitely know once you start letting your left foot out <laughs> a little slowly. So I, I watched both times. I watched the needle you know, go a little past the red line well, into the red line range, not bouncing off the rev limiter, but um, yeah. So, so they would, they were would be money shifts. Yep. Yep. And anyway, 
back so to the oil analysis. Back, back to the oil analysis. The reason why I expedited this oil analysis was because all of this abuse that took place, but because I watched a video like on a on a Thursday night, sure, one week, um, just on like you know, oh great, there's a video, a twenty eight minute video on like everything where where the engine that's in my car the fa where fa20s are are bulletproof and right. built like tanks right and areas of concern okay what you should look out for sure and this guy was breaking down the engine and an engine valve train is built like a tank okay. they're beautiful they're flawless the right. valve train doesn't show any signs of wear in these cars no matter what you do to them the only thing that ever happens with the valve train is if you did too many modifications and did something dumb mm -hmm. and did not use any mechanical sympathy um sometimes the cams like to skip a gear sure nothing usually the sensor picks up on that right. retards some timing yep. i can say that um and then uh, uh, prevents bad stuff from happening. Sometimes right. the engine electronics catches that, yeah. puts the car into limp mode, and it's like, go to a dealership right now. Right. Um, it, which sounds really bad. And it is really bad. Skipping a gear is bad. But it prevents the really, really bad stuff from happening. Right. You don't crash a, um, crash a valve or something like that. Where these engines are terrible is keeping the crankshaft and um, – not control arm – the uh, connecting rod bearings well lubricated. Oh, sure. So you'll see a lot of wear on the races and the bearings themselves. Yep. And it's it's pretty common on a abused engine on oh, rather a well-loved engine <laughs> uh, to see some spun bearings. OK. Um, and even contact with the between the piston and the head. Wow. Um, you never see any valve interference because sure. the, the valve train is bulletproof. Right. Um, but they are, an, it is an interference engine. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it likes to do that. And anyway, saw that video like at 1am on a Thursday night <laughs> and Melissa's still up. I'm still up. And I'm like, Melissa, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to the garage right now to check the, uh, my oil. It's like, <laughs> why, why it's Steven. It's 1am. Yeah. It's like, Saw a video. Just you just have to let me be me. <laughs> I need to go check for the forbidden glitter. Right. You know, it, which is when you spin a bearing or just overall like disintegrate a bearing from it not being well lubricated, from it being starved of oil. Right. Um, these bearings, which are made out of brass and bronze, I think bronze phosphor, probably something like that. They look like brass. Um. When they spin or when they wear due to excessive heat because they're not being lubricated enough, um, they start to chip flake right. and well, they, they, they turn they grind into yeah. like like dust powder right. um, and this brass looking powder shows up in your oil and it is lovingly referred to or is or infamously referred to as the forbidden glitter. You don't want to see that you in your oil. You do not want to see that in your oil. Go downstairs. I check my oil. No, having told you just now all of the things that have been on this oil in the past well right. on the engine in the past 30,000 miles obviously i don't change my oil every 30,000 <laughs> miles every 7500 um but uh this oil which did have the track day in the last 7500 miles yes um i checked it twice okay. each time i wiped the dipstick clean sure. with a viva or vita viva 
paper towel, which is almost like <laughs> cotton, but sure. it's made out of paper. Sure. Like really soft, really white paper towels to yep. allow you to see everything. Checked it in the horrible garage light. Look at it. Checked it the first time. One speck. One speck. Of what looks like brass. Okay. And I'm, I'm freaking out. Yeah. Throw it back in there. Spin it around. Let it sit for a little bit. Pull it back out. Wipe it off. Right. Look at the paper towel again. One or two specs. Oh, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is this is terrible. I really wanted this car to last till 2024. Sure. Um, I feel much better now. Like, I, like okay. back that night, I was terrified. I was like, this engine's about to blow. This right. engine is on is on death row. <laughs> like, it's it's days are numbered. Right. And um, anyway, I am eagerly awaiting for my oil analysis. I was really hoping I would get it back by now because they've had it. They've had the analysis for probably 10 days now. Okay. So it should be. Soon. Um, I did pay for something extra. So <laughs> I think they're testing. They're testing. Typically, they just do mass spectrometry sure. of your oil to see right. what's in it. The good stuff in the oil that was in that's in new oil. How much is left? Right. And um what elements that are not supposed to be in that oil that are ba- ma- the engine is made up of how many of those elements are in the oil now to see what's wearing away. Yep. I think I paid an extra $10 for to see how many additives are left in the oil. I don't okay. add any additives to my oil, sure. but I know the oil modern oil. synthetic oil has additives in it already. Yep. So this extra $10 tells me if you have, like I think I I cha- had the oil changed at like fifty eight hundred miles. Sure, paying that extra ten bucks in the oil analysis goes above the regular mass spectrometry by them telling me based on the additives remaining how many miles are left on that oil. How That's long cool. could I have taken that oil? Sure, sure. Or how long past that oil's life did I go? Right. That's what I'm really looking for. That's handy. So hopefully you hear back from us. I'm definitely yeah, interested. We'll hear back next year. And I'll tell you guys how it went. <laughs> so that's one thing I'm looking that's, for that's in 2023. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, I do change the oil myself. And um, the car that I have now, the um, the drain plug, they yeah. use they use a crush seal. Yeah. Mine is a crush and washer as well. This is the first time I've used a crush washer. And I didn't realize how much torque is required for a crush washer. I've used it a long, long, long time ago in the past. Yeah. And... Uh, I had a uh, took it to the dealership for some other issues and stuff um, that they're working on, and they said, "Oh, your oil's leaking." I was like, "That's strange," and it found out found out that I didn't apply enough torque on the drain plug yeah. to crush that seal. So yeah. that's a headache. So that's the only oil, oil, only oil issue I've been running into. Because my sports car is a relatively affordable and accessible car, right? Um, there's a lot of pores that buy and drive them. <laughs> sure. And when they change their own oil, because to save money, yep. Um, they're too cheap and try to skimp out on buying a crush washer. Oh no, they try and reuse it. Which is it? awful. Yeah. And no, no, they buy it because okay. at least some of them are smart and right. they don't try to reuse them. In some case, I'm sure some people are like, yeah, you can at least do two oil changes per crush washer. No. There's probably some idiots that say stuff like that. <laughs> but one of the common mods for these cars is in like, Forget the drain plug. Yeah. Forget the crush washer. Install what is called a Fumoto valve. Oh, yeah. Which is a yeah. 90 degree valve. And it just has a little like uh, a pet cock okay. on it that allows you to drain the oil just by flipping a switch. Nice. And then when it's drained, you close it back off. That's cool. Um, it is cool. But the problem is the Fumoto valve is on the bottom of the oil pan. Right. And so 
and it extends down below the oil pan by about like an inch. That's a fair amount. Maybe, on that maybe car. three quarters of sure. an inch, you sure. know, not maybe not a full inch, but like, you know, it, it extends down. Yep. A lot of the dingai that buy these cars love to lower them sure. because the center of gravity, the perfect center of gravity, which is like the th- it's like the third best low center of third lowest center of gravity of all production cars, only beaten out by the Cayman and the Tesla Model S. OK, um, because it's not low enough, these these dummies lower the car. Right. Because they don't like going, they don't. Apparently, they don't have to engage in speed bumps <laughs> right. ever. Um, and which, by the way, the stock ride height, which I'm at, actually, I'm five millimeters higher than stock because sure. I use bigger tires. Right. Um, I still scrape sometimes going over speed bumps. Yep. Uh, but then again, you know, Virginia's DOT with speed bumps, they're terrorists. Sure. Um, but anyway, these people lower the cars and it rips off. Like if they go over a oh, speed man. bump and it rips off the Fumoto valve. Next thing you know, they the get oil the oil light yeah. because they've dumped all of their oil. Yep. And yeah, that's fun. So, times. so also sorry about that. We're doing a little team building uh, later today yes. as a recording of this episode. Definitely going to the gun range for team building. Going to, Excited for dude, that. And the best part about it, like it's one thing to go to temp- the gun range, sure. especially when, you know, like, like it's not as exciting if you're not if if you're a gun owner, like as opposed to somebody who doesn't have a gun. Right. But also is like gun friendly. They, they hear that and was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Let's do this. <laughs> but if you are a gun, going to the gun range, isn't that expensive? It isn't that fancy. But what is fancy for us? Tim said he was going to ammo was on him. <laughs> We are going to yeah. make him regret that. <laughs> I say that with love. We're not really going to do that. To no, him, no. You know? Good. Thing. At least ammo is available. Which is- We're going to put it on AMT. We're going to make AMT regret that. <laughs> Steve, can you tell us about today's sponsor? Today's sponsor is IMTS Plus, my f- new favorite AMT product. IMTS Plus, the people behind technology, the stories driving the future of manufacturing, the thought leaders and people like us creating the products, the opportunities, and solving the challenges of our industry. Explore a new digital destination designed for the manufacturing technology community where you can watch, read, learn, join, and connect. Go to IMTS.com. Speaking of news, we got some news about the testbed. We do have some news about the test. So bed. we did ship off our robotic arm. That's to, been done to the uh, tech center in Mexico, Monterey, yep. to be specific. And, and they're and, using and the first pocket and well, our first pocket NC before that, which is the V1. They love it. So they're also really talented. They've <laughs> got their own full test bed that we uh, spun up yep. for them. So we have some stuff we need to backfill. So we got the V2 pocket NC. We replaced the pocket NC. Right. Yep. What we got? What do we have coming up next? We got to replace the robot arm. Next. We do. Yeah, we do. And typically Ben does not like me delivering updates about the test bed until we have said technology in hand. But I told him that we have to document this for the reason of comparison. Sure. When we bought the X-Arm 7, it took, I think, 13 months from the moment we sent the Chinese company all of the monies right. to the point where we received said robot. It was a long time. It was, it was 13 months. Right. One, a year plus one month. Um, so a little background on that, though. That was uh, after they yes, we just kicked there. It, it was right. just after a Kickstarter campaign. That we did buy into. So it was like in the early infancy of the product. They debuted the product, which which U Factory is a very good company. If like yeah. if you want like an educational robot arm, 
like they make the best ones on the market for like, uh, like, a, like a two no like I'm talking like the two thousand a uh, hobby two thousand dollar hobbyist grade yeah, correct um like like school like elementary school grade robot arm right like like pick pick in pick and place Legos yep you know that's what they they do the best of those right in at CES twenty nineteen they were there they debu- debuted their new cobot yep. They were making a cobot. They were like, hey, we make these educational robots. We want to get into the industrial robot uh, uh, circle. Right. Um, they debut that, you know, a couple months later, six months to almost a year later, uh, the Kickstarter goes off and and they crushed it. Yep. Like they got so much because so many people want, want at the time and still do wanted an affordable cobot because cobot prices, to be frank, at the time were and and even industrial arm were outrageous. Like the cheapest, the the cheapest entry level robot you could get was like seventy thousand dollars. Right. And a year later, in like twenty twenty, um, it had finally gotten down to like the entry level for like the smallest, the very smallest, like nearly useless, um, <laughs> r- cobot arm on the market. And in the industrial market was $20,000. So that left this wide open gap from $2,000 to $20,000, an $18,000 range of where any company could slip in and be like, here's an accessible (laughs) cobot. And nobody did it until U-Factory. So bless them. We bought one of their first robots. It was amazing. Mexico has it now. Right. So now we need a new one. Last year, um, or earlier this year, excuse me, uh, Doug, uh, lets me in, uh, lets me look at some contestants for some robot competition, mm-hmm. robot innovation competition right. that Andra of SB- SVR told him about at Silicon Valley robotics. And, um, Doug was one of the judges for this competition. And Doug was like, you're going to Steve, you're going to get a kick out of this. Take a look at some of these, um, uh, robot technologies yep. that were recently one of the companies there was Fruit Core Robotics mm-hmm. and their Horst line of the German company. So I don't know what Horst means. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Sure. Um, their Horst line of robot arms, industrial grade robot arms. Yep. And I'm like, this is real. This is this is cool. But what are they doing differently? Right. And what they're doing different is they're German. <laughs> number one. Yep. So you know, yeah, they're a German company, and they come in at like. An industrial grade robot comes in at just over ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's right. They, they are trying to fill that space along with U Factory. Yep. So we have officially decided that our next robot is going to be a horse. I reached out to them for a quote yesterday. Um, they speak; they're super German. <laughs> so like like only like one page on their website gives you the option to translate to English. So yep. hopefully, I hear back from them soon, and it. There's not I don't have to rely on either Microsoft or Google um, at their will to like help me out buying this thing. But we want a document today saying that we've officially decided that we want this and we are going to buy it as soon. We're going to do the financial tra- transaction as soon as possible so we can compare how long it takes to get the horse. <laughs> that's right. As we're building the our test, rebuilding our test bed, that's the experiment we've been uh, thinking about is how do we build the factory based on pro-consumer grade uh, equipment and, you know, that $10,000 price range is kind of our sweet spot. We actually run the entire uh, test bed for the year. That's our yearly budget for any equipment and daily operations. And it's not because we're broke. 
Like we 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 could get a better, sure. a higher, much higher test bed budget. Right. Um. But the the one of the things that we're trying to accomplish is getting a test bed for cheap. Exactly. Because a lot of a lot of people that we talked to that we were like, you should definitely develop a test bed, have a development environment, not just a digital twin, but a physical existing test bed. So you can try, you can experiment with these technologies without risking downtime on yep. your existing equipment. Right. And they're like, that's too expensive. You can't just buy a robot arm just to play with. Right. Oh yes, you can. <laughs> and there are companies that make the perfect robot arm for them. That's right. And, uh, a NIST came by the uh, a couple of weeks ago to look they at did. our factory, and they're doing. I think they're headed down the same path on their. Um, they need a physical representation for their digital manufacturing yep. stuff. So I think they're you headed down the same path. Can't have a digital twin without a physical original. <laughs> That's right. So I'm uh, very interested to see what the whole experience is through Fruit Core. Fruit Core, and to your point, how long we'll actually get to uh, actual yeah. product on our door. So yeah. I'm very interested in. I'll 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 be eager just to get a response from them. Yep. Yep. So hopefully in the next couple months, we'll see I, next I year. I hope so. I, the goal is by the second week of January. Yeah. Well, the, the goal, that's the deadline you gave yeah. me to buy <laughs> the new one. So let's, let's cross our fingers. Definitely. Steve, I figured this is the last episode for 2022. I figured let's talk about all the cool things that we've seen this past year. And you know, what are we looking for in 23? And also talk about some of our events we're attending in 23. A lot of great events. So I'll start with the events. Sure. We talked about SHOT Show. I yep. talked about SHOT Show. I'm going to try to get you in on 2024, and we're going to get the range day. <laughs> I promise. Sure. But I'm excited about – I've already talked about that. Uh, I'm excited about SHOT Show 2023. Um, and next year, I am going to go to Form Next. I know nice. I wanted to do it this year, but it was like – it was too close to being on the tail of IMTS. And right. I was so worked up. I was still coming down off the high of IMTS. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was not ready to go out right. to, to to Germany just yet. And plus, you know, we um, had some constraints on the travel budget. It was yep. like, perfect opportunity. <laughs> like, I was on the fence about going this year. Right. So this is now I don't feel guilty about saying I'm not going this year. Yep. So um, form next 2023, I will be there. Nice. I'm really excited about that. Um, as for... We're going to have to spend a lot of time on the things that we liked about 2022. Yep. But one thing that I didn't like about 2022 that I want to see change for 2023, and I'm not sure how this is good, we're going to accomplish this. I want 2023 to slow down. <laughs> 2022, <laughs> this was an awesome year. It flew it by. It went by in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because I'm getting older and and time is contracting. Sure. Um like physical reference frames or uh, um, relativistic reference frames. Um, but I, I need 2023 to slow down. <laughs> I want it to be just as much growth and development sure. and so many awesome things, not just in technology, but going to IMTS and seeing the diversity mm-hmm. of the attendees there, the diversity of our exhibitors, right. seeing additive coming. We're not going to see that again in 2023 because it's an, it's an odd year. Right. And we have to wait till 2024 to see if it's going to <laughs> still be as diverse and see how much more is going on. And I'm sure it will. Um, but yeah, this was just such a good year. And right. I just wanted to slow down next time. <laughs> it's say- like a fine champagne. You don't want to slug it back. You want to want to savor it. You want to savor the year. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I, I am interested in a lot of the new events. So we're trying to get into end use markets. Uh, and that's one of our goals we've set for, for yourself this year is getting to 
where manufacturers are producing end product and mm-hmm. back out to what the manufacturing sector will look like. So SHOT Show is a very good example of in the yes. firearm industry, you want to see what the manufacturing technologies that are being displayed in their manufacturing area. Um, hopefully, we can get into other end-use markets. Um, I'm really interested in seeing where ag is headed, agriculture is headed, because mm-hmm. you know it's surprising at the end-use on their case. They've implemented a lot of automation in the tractor itself. Yeah. So it, I'm backing out into like heavy industry and large-scale manufacturing. I really would like to explore some uh, shipyards next year also to yeah. see, you know. Uh, in in field manufacturing has come mm-hmm. around a little bit at IMTS. We saw a little bit of that, um, some like portable manufacturing equipment. Um, but I'm definitely interested to see like you know when you talk about uh, manufacturing facilities. Now you're yeah. out, like it's so big, you're just out in the environment and manufacturing. Right. So right. I'm definitely uh, excited I, to see that. I think it's a good point, and I didn't think of that to be entirely honest with you. Um, <laughs> I uh, didn't think about ag tech at all, right. but um, I do, I have recognized that agricultural technology is probably because this, at the beginning of this year, um, there were a few conversations and meetings that I was in on where people uh, were, were throwing around um, exoskeletons, sure, like yeah. exoskeletons in terms of wearables, technological wearables. And we haven't seen a lot of that. Right. I know. You know, mid-year this year, I think I mentioned how Hilti was uh-huh. doing a lot with exoskeletons. And now there's another company. Um, I, I got off the phone, I think, last week with a um, an investor who – not an investor, but like, you know, an investment banker sure. who's trying to learn more about the manufacturing industry. Um, he threw some companies at me uh-huh. and wanted to get – wanted to gauge my reaction to sure. how, how cool they were. And, and neither of them did have I heard about – but the one that really got my attention was a exoskeleton company cool. that has a viable product. And right now they're just looking for customers. Right. So maybe there's a marketing issue mm-hmm. there. But as far as I was concerned, in terms of exoskeletons, there were only two. Right. There was Hilti. Yep. That is IRL. And then there was the uh, the Caterpillar. P5000 power loader from <laughs> Alien in 1984, which does not exist IRL. That's right. So Hilti was cornering the market, but now they're going to have some yeah. healthy competition because it, I feel like seeing two companies now doing exoskeletons means that if it's more than if it's only one company doing something, it means the technology might not be that great. So I think they have a use case issue for exoskeletons. So, you know, the, the ability to support a human to do odd tasks that's definitely been around for a bit and we see nasa experiment with like power gloves type stuff so i think i think that obviously makes a lot of sense but also the counterpoint to exoskeletons is more ergonomic design of the systems around the human yeah so instead of having the human put something heavy in an awkward position move the entire workpiece so it's easier for them to do right also we saw at imts where it was a supportive robotic arms so a collaborative robot That'll hold like the use case that, um, that we saw in the booth was the they're using a bicycle and they're manipulating the orientation of the bicycle. So right. it's always in the correct position for the human to stand and be like at shoulder height. So I think the, the contrary is uh, to the exoskeleton need is starting to see yeah. more emergence. I, I do think where exoskeletons are super useful is in a more flexible environment. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a more of an open factory or if you have like high changeover. What about a less flexible? I think you mean a less flexible, flexible environment. 
well, uh, flexibility as in more open, more less structure around uh, the human. Right. So, like, you can't have a cobot. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, so you need an exoskeleton. Exactly. That's where I think the exoskeleton probably is more beneficial where, you know, the uh, there's like high, uh, high volume, gotcha. high bar number or they're doing stuff in the stock room a lot, you know, and yeah. it's more flexible environment. Right. And then also you, to that counterpoint, you have IMRs, which are being exhibited a little right, bit more right. too. An so. AGV or an AMR with an arm on top of it. Exactly. Those like imagine uh going to a, a service center like mm-hmm. your porsche service center and they have an imr there yeah like forget getting two or three dudes to go under like a, a cayenne to do an engine out operation <laughs> right. pull the engine or transmission just get the arm under there <laughs> have the person go in there with like you know the air gun to right. loosen the bolts and the arm brings it down for you that'd be cool balances it even better a spot doing it <laughs> kidding hey, one of the things about all of manufacturing and i i think fruit core is a kind of a good example of this is i would like to see more buy now buttons like we talked about being able to buy spot yeah. and you could go to the website and hit a button to buy uh we're trying to buy the robotic arm and when it says email for a quote or request a quote i was like eh, can i just i, I know like, what i want just let me buy it that's too much of an ask <laughs> for this in, i'm sorry like this industry when it comes to that when it comes to e-commerce right our beloved industry the manufacturing industry is super uh, uh, Luddite when it comes to that. <laughs> There's no buying. You have to talk to a human yeah. who works for a distributor, right. i.e. a middleman company that is not the builder of that technology. Yep. And you have to go to lunch and like sit down and like, <laughs> we're, you know, we don't want to just sell you a product. We want to sell you a solution. Yeah. It's like, there's no solution to a test bed. <laughs> I know the, what I want. This the the me... test bed is trying to find a problem. <laughs> so that's one thing I hopefully I see more of is just, right. let me, to be fair, there are supply chain issues with a lot of stuff that it's in manufacturing. I would take but... the money and run and just be happy that at least fruit core puts the prices on their website. Fair. That's fair. Uh, that's just that's give a price. win of enough. That is a big step. Like, Just tell me the initial price and we can talk from there. The next thing that you're going to be working on these this These are year, machine tools, not luxury goods. It shouldn't <laughs> be if you have to ask, you don't have enough. Why did it, Why are we giving off that vibe? The next thing that you're going to be working on this year is uh, faster CAD and CAM. Yeah. So I'm going to try. Uh, we've I'm seen, really going to try. We've seen a lot of uh, AI tools that do text to picture, text to 2D uh, drawings. We've seen uh, NVIDIA release text to 3D CAD. So that's a fairly interesting step where, you know, accelerating. Uh, we have some testing to do to so see how robust that is. Yeah. But the ability to get from a idea to a, you know, 3D representation of that, that's accelerating very, very quickly. And, you know, at one of our tours at, um, uh, at the event that we hosted up in Chicago, we saw um, how quick it is to do CAD, CAD and CAM on the machine itself also. Mm. And, you know, being able to get yeah. to um, a basically chips faster, uh, quicker time to market, that's accelerating very quickly, too. So we're seeing a lot of intersections of idea to chips um, being cut very, very quickly. I'm definitely interested to see that. And then hopefully I think see- I've got some good contacts to, to, to reach out to for yeah. help with that. Good, good. And I'm very interested to see. I think how, the biggest threat is I'm going to approach somebody and be like, hey. I have a CAD design. Right. I want to be able to send it to my machine yep. and it just cut the part. That's not a thing that happens <laughs> yet in this industry. Right. And it is absurd that we're not there yet. Uh, um, we'll no, see. it's absurd that we're not there yet. <laughs> um, 
And my, the threat is that I am worried that the person is going to be like, okay, just let me do it for you. I'm going to get sure. one of my cam engineers. And like, no, 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 no. I want to do it. I want you to walk me. I want you to hold my hand. I don't want you to do it for me. Right. I want to do it because I just want to prove my point that this is impossible. Impossible? Impossible. Because I've done this before. Sure. And I had a brilliant mind walk me through it. And it's like, why isn't this automated? Right. And why are so many companies lying that it's automated when it's not? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like, these are fighting words. I'm ready to fight, too. You're ready it's to like, fight. This is, this is really bothering me. Okay. This needs to be automated. And the... Like it needs to be made easy. It's not easy. We'll see. We'll, we will see <laughs> this year. That's the whole goal. We will see. Uh, one thing we are experimenting a lot more is um, the ease of use for um, uh, artificial intelligence. So we've been talking about how, um, and you know, oh. it, it could get into some of the CAD CAM stuff too, I think. But yeah, right now we're seeing uh, a lot easier user interfaces uh, to get to applying uh artificial intelligence uh easier so yeah like the text to 3d uh model right so it's we've been experimenting experimenting with open ai uh recently and how easy is it to you know you have a basically a, a sheet of paper and you issue commands you ask it hey do this thing for me and it, for the most part it's been working out pretty well yeah uh, um so i actually had a lot of fun yesterday yep with um an ai text writer not the text editor right. we all text editor grammarly grammarly can't be beat often Correct. we're not gonna say it can't be beat <laughs> like, like every now and then like it's still missing a you know do you prefer an oxford comma or not it's sure. missing that argument sure it's missing that that existence that only humans can bs right um but i had some fun last night with um uh writing something for work that we should probably leave out of the podcast, but um, you were there. Yeah. I had an AI tool summarize something into one paragraph yeah. and summarize something else into one paragraph. And you liked one and I liked, you liked one paragraph. I liked the other. You know what I did before I sent it to you? You combined them. I put them both back into the AI tool and it had summarized them again. <laughs> and we got a middle ground paragraph and it's perfect. That's it very makes clever. writing so much better. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's that a good move. And th that's, that's where we're seeing a lot of um, the overall in, in shift in the industry is getting to a final product faster, right? So the ability to summarize stuff or the ability to get to a final product across the entire board. And it's a, it's a very interesting shift. Steve, what are you interested in? Any, what are you interested in seeing for next year? Any new technology? Um, what do you hope will exist next year? So I'm still, I know I'm sounding like, a, uh, I want to say something different. Sure. But I can't. I want to see the technology continue to get cheaper. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it will because... We're starting to come down off of super high inflation. Right. So naturally, everything's going to get a little bit cheaper. A little bit. Hopefully. I'm crossing <laughs> my fingers, please. Um, except for maybe real estate, you know, that, huh. that never gets cheaper. No. Um, I'm hoping the technology gets a little bit cheaper. It's going to get more advanced. Sure. That's for sure. Right. Um, what else am I looking forward to seeing? 
Um, I'm interested to see more advanced use cases, right? See, being able to talk about, we saw that IMTS, we're gonna a, lot a lot of, of demonstrators. Fun. Yeah. So I'd like to see at events and shows a lot more demonstration of uh, applied technology. Not yeah. the technology itself. That's cool to see. Right. But show me a use case. You know, that's a valid point. Like Tim asked me, you know, like last week, he was like, hey, are you interested in going to CES next year? Mm-hmm. And it's a little, it's a little late. Like to, <laughs> It's right like, on the like, corner. Have booked that stuff by now, yeah. But you know, it was nice of him to ask, and like you know, CES was fun when I went. Um, but I think we are AMT is sending somebody probably from Strategic Analytics um, to CES. Yep. And what I would, what I want to coach them on is keep an eye out for how much manufacturing technology is actually in CES. Definitely, because when stuff gets cheaper and when it gets more advanced, it gets out to more consumers. Um, so the more manufacturing technology at CES, the better the industry is doing. Yep. Yep. Good. At least technologically speaking. So we talked about a lot of technology for next year. Let's talk about our holiday plans. Do you, Steve, are there anything you're looking forward? Cause this is the last episode we're recording right before I go on break. You're, you're listening to this before AMP goes on break. What are you looking forward to in the holidays? Um, Besides the usual video games and beer, video games, beer, sleep, doing nothing. (laughs) Um, I am going to offset all of my hedonistic and and gluttonistic uh, tendencies. I'm going to try to do my best to offset it by the plan is to throw away a lot of stuff. I Uh want to clean good before spring. I want to beat. I want to be ahead of spring cleaning. Okay. I want to clean the apartment want to tidy everything up and most of all i want to throw stuff away <laughs> it feels good to i want to let throw it go. so much stuff away that's a good plan and and it's tough because it's stressful because like you know you want to make three piles sure keep throw away and then have not decided <laughs> in that middle pile that have not decided right. gets way too big way too quickly yeah. and yeah. i'm just gonna try throw it away yeah just make it to two piles way you can you can curb some of the guilt you can you can turn that middle pile into two piles yeah throw it away (laughs) or donate it yes and donating it curbs a little bit of the guilt yeah because a lot of times that middle pile grows so much right because of guilt okay i see what you mean but if you take the stuff that makes you feel guilty about throwing it away and just donate it it and donate instead you're good you're good but i'm looking forward to it i'm just looking for days off to sit around and do nothing and then feel guilty about sitting around and doing nothing <laughs> and turning that into, okay, let's finally get a letter of pre-approval to maybe turn my rent payment into a mortgage payment. Nice. And let's throw stuff away. Good. That's a good plan. I like that. And and throw away all of the stuff that the future in-laws gave us to store for them. <laughs> oh man. Is it a big man? Big dude, buy? I, I, it's it's not big because yeah. originally, well, it it's bigger than I would like. Sure, because y- you're married. You yep. you can tell me. You can probably. I don't know why I'm preaching to the choir <laughs> because you can probably tell me that the second extra uh, people outside your family that are now family um, uh, find out that you have space to store <laughs> their garbage, they're like, oh, we just want to. You just just if you could hold on for a couple months. To these two boxes right and then you get a truckload of like eight boxes <laughs> the u-haul truck and comes now up you don't have any room for your own stuff oh, i'm gonna throw it all away i'm gonna throw it all away Just let it I'm go start fights if they haven't asked for it back they don't need it yeah good plan i like that 
So we start off the new year, new year clean. Yeah. We're going to have a Merry Christmas. Instead of giving gifts, we're going to take them away. <laughs> You're going to re-gift the stuff. <laughs> Throw them away. Yeah, re-gift it, dude. That, it is the season. Here's something to hold. Oh, I'm getting it back as a gift. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Thanks, Steve. I'm excited to take a little trip down to Florida and oh, good uh, for just you. spend Florida, time off. Florida, you're getting yeah. old, man. I'm getting. <laughs> we spent a lot of time in Florida. Do a lot. Of, we're going to do a lot of theme parks this year. Good. Uh, oh, I mean, he's going to love that. He's going to love it. I'm going to go broke because the the prices are Tis based the on the season. Does the season go broke? It's American way. So I'm spend all my money down there, and then uh, hopefully try and rebuild it when I come back. Well, save it. Save a little bit for um, the the pending uh, economic downturn we keep hearing about. Meh. That's a problem for the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody. You can oh. find out more about us by going to amtonline.org slash resources. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks, Steve. Bye. <laughs>